Hey, Peoples for the People listeners. Today, we have more bonus content for you. But before we dive in, I just wanted to thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. Without you, my team and I couldn't do this. To show your support and to help keep this podcast going, head over to our online merchandise store and check out all of our awesome gear. You can find the link to the store right in the description of this episode. When people ask me now, what can you point to that to you know to, that shows that Gary was innocent? I think of a couple things. They don't want to look at the forest. They just want to look at trees. Uh, it's over. It's done with. I have no more comments to say about anything. It's over. It's done. Having that card be exposed, couldn't that cause a dangerous situation for her? Yeah, it could have, I suppose. But that's, yeah, I mean, it could have, you know, but what good would it have done? Why would it have put her in any kind of a danger? All these things are all made up facts, all different things by Lisa Peebles and John. So the reports that said she was a confidential drug informant written by police, you believe were made up? I don't believe she ever was, as has been reported by the police, that she never worked as one. So please, use anything you want of me. I'll drag you into court so fast that you won't even be able to see which way you're going. Is this, or is this not Beth Murtaugh? Get the fuck out of here. You had some theories about what happened to Heidi, and I uh, just wanted to give you a call and see if I could talk to you about it. No, I, I, I don't want to talk about it at all. The whole thing's turned into a total clusterfuck. Well, guess what? You guys are lower than whale shit. If you, if a whale shit, you'd be underneath their shit. Last time, we talked about some of the phone calls I made to help tell Heidi Ellen's story. You heard my conversations with Richard Murtaugh's sister, Beth Murtaugh, and Sheriff Mo Todd's son, Mike Todd. I wasn't all that surprised with the way my conversation with Beth played out. After hearing her interview with Investigator Petrosky, I figured it wasn't going to be a pleasant phone call. I was more alarmed by my conversation with Mike Todd, who didn't seem to have a grasp of the case or any of the new evidence. Maybe he was just in denial. But to describe himself as a close friend of Heidi's and simply ignore the substantial amount of evidence that implicated Roger Breckenridge, Michael Bohr, and James Steen was truly astonishing. When I hear the audio of our conversation, there's one thing I wish I had asked him. How are the statements from the two jailhouse informants more credible than the 14 statements that pointed to Gary's innocence? Statements from people who had nothing to gain, who feared for their safety, who didn't know each other, and yet had corroborating stories implicating Breckenridge, Bohr, and Steen. I doubt Todd would have answered that question, especially it coming from me. A few hours after my call with Mike Todd, Heidi's sister, Lisa Buskey, took to Facebook. Here they are saying, hang them high, and the vitriol with which, you know, the podcast was met in some circles. It's just, it's kind of shocking and and jarred. 
This is Peebles for the People, and I'm Alex Peebles. I don't know what the world's been missing, but I think we need a miracle. I'm tired of being I was at the dinner table with my family when my phone buzzed. It was a text message with a picture of a Facebook post by Lisa Buskey. I saw my name in the first line and immediately thought to myself, she must not have been happy about the voicemail I left her. After reading the post thoroughly, that wasn't the case. Quote, to anyone being contacted by Alex Peebles for his new podcast about his mother's case defending Heidi's convicted kidnapper, I have not talked to him. I have not given him anyone's number. He's calling people associated with Heidi in school. He is lying that he talked to me. I apologize he is misusing my name and lying about talking to me. I hope no one else is taken advantage of like a couple have been already. It's sad to me that Heidi's family and friends are being upset and led to believe I would give their personal numbers out. I will not do this. My apologies. If you are contacted, remember, I did not talk to anyone associated with Peebles and did not give anyone's contact information. End quote. I want to make this point very clear. I did not tell anyone I spoke with Busky. What likely happened? After our conversation, Mike Todd contacted Busky and asked if she gave me his number. I did not get Todd's number from Busky, and I did not tell anyone I spoke to her. This all stemmed from the podcast Busky appeared on in June of 2020. You heard excerpts from that interview already. To refresh your memory, Busky lied on that podcast, and it was published without fact-checking. Uh, and there were witnesses that came forward that refused to testify and said it was because, you know, their families were threatened and so they wouldn't testify. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that doesn't make it into the newspaper or the courtroom because they never took the stand. Yeah. You know, and, they, and they tell the family and the, you know, the sheriffs, I'm sorry, I can't testify. They threatened my family. You know, so you had eyewitnesses that saw more, but because, you know, they said they were threatened and their families were threatened, they refused to testify. And you have to respect them. They're trying to protect their family because they know what they saw. They believed what they saw. But you, you can't you know, you can't harbor bad feelings towards somebody protecting their family. That is patently false. Richard and Gary Thibodeau never threatened these witnesses because they didn't exist, and Busky knew that. In fact, after hearing that interview, Richard Thibodeau found an attorney and was ready to take legal action against Busky. Thibodeau's attorney sent a cease and desist letter to both Busky and the creator of the podcast she was on. The interview with Busky has since been edited and her false statements have been taken down. 
It was in that podcast that Busky said Mike Todd and Heidi were extremely close. My sister, one of her best friends, was the sheriff's son. Here's how I got Todd's number. In 2014, an anonymous letter was sent to John O'Brien. The letter said that there was talk of Heidi informing on drug matters at a local bar. Todd was one of several people mentioned in this letter. I tried tracking down the person who wrote it, but hit a dead end a few months ago. Without knowing who wrote the letter, I didn't feel comfortable including it in the story because I couldn't determine the validity of the information. But I was able to talk to one person mentioned in this letter. It was a friend of Todd's. This person gave me Todd's number. They asked not to be named. Let's take a quick break. Before the pandemic began and I could get a haircut on a regular basis safely, I never really put much thought into my hair care products. But since I went more than six months without a haircut, I had to start. And to tell you the truth, I got duped by a shampoo that made big promises and I spent like $60 on it. Lucky for me, I just learned about this new company called Gemist. They make salon quality shampoo and conditioner. All I had to do was take their quick two minute quiz and they recommended the best formula for me. And let me tell you, these products smell so good. I could not be happier with how my hair feels, looks, and smells. But for me, the end result isn't the only thing I look for in products I trust. Gemist is sulfate-free, paraben-free, dye-free, is never tested on animals, and is manufactured in the U.S. Right now, my listeners can give Gemist a try and get 20% off their shampoo and conditioner. Just visit Gemist.com to get your personalized recommendation and enter Peebles at checkout for 20% off and free two-day shipping. That's Gemist.com, G-E-M-M-I-S-T.com, and enter code Peebles at checkout to get the best hair of your life. Busky's Facebook post generated a slew of derogatory comments towards me. Quote, So sorry, Lisa, that there are rotten people in this world. The devil owns many of their souls. I shared this in hopes that it will help in some way. Quote, I'm so sorry, Lisa Busky. This is unbelievable. What a piece of scum. Hang them high. Among the commenters was Heidi's aunt, Martha Sturtz. Sturtz maybe had the most astonishing of comments. Not only did she post my cell number warning people if they got a call from me not to answer after speaking with me for more than 20 minutes herself, Sturtz said they should report me to the police and said we should basically forget about Heidi and focus on other cases. Quote, So sad that with so many others missing that they can't focus on more current ones where they might help in finding a lost loved one, end quote. Sturtz went on to imply that I was using Heidi's story for my own recognition. I must say, at first when I saw Busky's post, I was a bit shocked at what people were commenting. But soon after, 
I realized this was an opportunity for me to get in contact with Busky. Maybe she would answer some of the questions I had for her. So I responded. That led to a brief back and forth between Busky and me. Good evening, Lisa. I'm not sure where you got this information, but I just want to make this publicly clear. I have not told anyone that I spoke with you. I left you a voicemail yesterday asking to speak about Heidi's disappearance. Specifically about what you said on the Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One podcast in June. I also never told anyone you gave their number to me. Call me so you can answer some serious questions I have about what you said in that podcast. And I plan on playing the recording of that on my podcast. I want to give you the chance to explain it. Lisa Busky. Thank you for posting. I trust the person who reached out to me and won't dispute this here with you. We'll have to agree to disagree. I have received no voicemails from you. With the exception of this post, I have no comment for you. Thank you. Our family holds out hope for Heidi. Here's my response. Just to be clear, I want to give you a chance to explain things you said on that podcast that cannot be supported by any evidence. Your voice will be on my podcast, and I will be addressing what you said. This is your chance to explain that. Thank you, and I'm sorry someone misrepresented what I said to them. With the exception of her reply, which you just heard, Busky has not responded to any of my requests to talk on the record. Busky has talked to journalists before. After Gary Thibodeau died in prison, Busky was interviewed by a local television reporter. During the interview, she said her sister's case will always remain open until she's found. It's challenging to hear people saying the case is closed, the case is not closed. The convicted kidnapper passed away. The case is open. Heidi's still missing. And that's why Lisa tells me she still holds out hope that they'll find Heidi someday and finally close this case. After hearing that, it was difficult for me to wrap my head around the conversation I had with the former sheriff, Mo Todd. Remember, he was in charge of Heidi's investigation right after she went missing. It's over. It's done with. I have no more comments to say about anything. It's over. It's done. He's passed. And it's 25 years ago almost now. Enough is enough for that family, for, for uh, the Allen family. Enough is enough. I have no more comment. Heidi's family trusted the Oswego County Sheriff's to bring her home. And it's become clear that the sheriffs led them down a path of deceit. I'm not sure I'll ever understand the animosity that some of those close to Heidi hold toward people who are fighting for the truth. The Facebook post bashing me was not an isolated incident for Busky. In fact, on that same podcast where she lied about witnesses being threatened by the Thibodeaux, she took a shot at Syracuse Post Standard reporter John O'Brien. Because in 2014, this appeal and, you know, he had a journalist that was trying to make a name for himself also in the process was relentless, would be my word, relentless. And I'm not sure his motives were true, but, 
you know, as you know, you can't speak to somebody's motives. We don't know what people think. We can just perceive what we see. But what's more surprising to me is her refusal to look at the new evidence. Take the monitored phone call between Jennifer Westcott and Tanya Priest, for example. You know the phone call. The one where Westcott admits that Heidi was taken to the trailer Westcott was at by Breckenridge, Bohr, and Steen after they kidnapped Heidi. Busky has said publicly that she didn't even listen to that recording. That was a few years ago. I haven't been able to ask her if she has since listened to it. But I was able to ask Martha Sturtz about the phone call. In a very roundabout way, she said she couldn't comment on that. What did you take away from that, that phone call? Um, well, I, I really can't say anything about it because I have a, um, what would I want to say, maybe a professional uh, confidentiality about anything to talk to about them because I have interaction with them in a different um, venue, if you will, that I work working with. I run a food pantry, so I can't really, I can't talk about it, anything about them. Sorry. <laughs> I understand. Um, I was so caught off guard with what she said, I didn't know how to respond. And though Sturts told me that all she cares about is finding Heidi and bringing Heidi home, she also said that she wasn't actively looking for answers. Have you been actively looking for any any potential leads trying to find Heidi's remains or anything? Or have you just been hoping that somebody might call with a tip? Yeah, no. We don't, I don't, yeah, we don't actively look. I, I personally don't, or my husband, no. But we always have our ears open. You know, we, we're pretty, um, we have a pretty big sphere of influence in the community. Um, you know, we're involved in a lot of different things, um, community things, so things get back to us. Apparently, she has a folder with information about Heidi's kidnapping. Information that she had gathered over the years. I wanted to know what was in that folder. People, you know, Texas stuff and, you know, um, if it sounds like it's something should be interested, I'll forward it to the family, but Otherwise, you know, I just have a folder. I just put stuff in. So, you know, would, it's, so you have. Would you be willing to let me take a look at your folder? Nope. It's all about um, connections. You know what I mean? So, in addresses, you know, it's just things that come up. You know, you never know. Things, you know. Do you think so? You, know. you don't think anything inside that folder will help lead to Heidi's remains? No. No. No, I think those, uh, whoever knows, would tell, you know what I mean, um, at this point. But what if the people who know were involved in it, so... It that... wouldn't matter anyways now, you know what I mean? What's going to happen? Nothing. Well, we could find Heidi, Is it was my thought. Correct, yes. That would be the only thing, but what else, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, one of them, Steen's in, you know, prison forever, you know. Breckenridge, I think he comes and goes, so, yeah. I wondered why she would keep information 
if she didn't believe it would help find Heidi? And why wouldn't she let me look at it? Was there even a file? Regardless, I knew the best chance at finding answers was to go directly to the source. I needed to talk with Jennifer Westcott and the three new suspects, James Steen, Michael Bohr, and Roger Breckenridge. I found myself driving through an RV park looking for Bohr, in a maximum security prison looking for Steen, and knocking on the door of what I thought was a condemned structure in the middle of nowhere looking for Breckenridge. My search for the three new suspects, next week, right here on Peebles for the People. That free men go. Lord, won't you let that free men go? Lord, won't you let that free men go? Lord, won't you let that free men go? Before I sign off, I just want to say thank you again for listening and supporting this podcast. As I've said in the past, without you, what my team and I do here wouldn't be possible. If you want to show your support, don't forget to download, subscribe, and rate this podcast. And don't forget to check out our awesome new merchandise store. I put the link to the store right in the full description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.
Amen. 